The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Since Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. There we go. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another outstanding, I'm saying this uh, not knowing what we're going to talk about or how it's going to go, but I'm going to call it. I got a gut feeling it's going to be an outstanding episode of the Rough House podcast today. Oh, there there are things to uh, to rant and rave about. Much to discuss Christoph. in the world of the pro rest as per norm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, we sound like a broken record. <laughs> we knew that fall 2019 was going to be crazy. Lit. But- it it has on a regular basis surprised me with how crazy it's been. It has been lit, and like my own worst enemy, I'm <laughs> trying to watch as much as possible. <laughs> trying to watch as much as possible. I yes. mean, you know, we had King of Pro Wrestling. Yes, that uh, was on to talk Monday. about the Junior Tag League has begun since. Yes, in the world of New Japan, Liger announced his final U.S. shows on the mm-hmm. West Coast. Uh, we've got the draft on WWE concluding on Monday. We had a technically on Tuesday. <sighs> Because we had that blockbuster trade. And then the subsequent signings afterwards, which yes. may have been Wednesday at this yeah, point. Yeah. Who the hell knows? Uh, so that happened. We had, let's see, uh, the Wednesday Night Wars continued uh-huh. with uh, more ratings drops for both shows. Yes. Solid outings from both. Uh, controversy and injury abound. Um, In both shows, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, let's see, Thursday was kind of quiet. As one would expect now. Thursday is the day where nothing... Actually, was Thursday when Bischoff was let go? Fuck your... No. No, I was on a plane it was tuesday okay okay because I, I landed and then my and like i connected back you know i went out of airplane mode and i get the text from marty bischoff's gone i'm like oh christ <laughs> what the hell yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in my head i was like was that on thursday uh yeah no that was tuesday so okay i guess thursday just the day where things don't happen in pro wrestling okay although oh, i will say just to give credit where credit is due uh beyond wrestling they're running their uh uh God, what's it called? Uncharted Territory okay. show. That's on every Thursday night on on uh, gotcha. IWTV, okay. Independent Wrestling TV. Okay, uh, had 
from what I understand, an absolutely astounding match with a uh, friend of the Rough House, David Starr. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, Mercedes Martinez. Apparently, Ooh. they had a absolute banger of a match. I need to look that up because that's yeah. in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I heard a, a lot of people singing the praises of that match. Okay. So, so, so crazy to me that Mercedes Martinez hasn't been signed somewhere. Exactly. You would think someone would have signed her by now. Like he, she appeared at all uh, the all out yes. um in the battle battle royale. Yeah, she was she was lucky number 21 and got a big pop. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have imagined that maybe they would have offered her something. Maybe maybe they did and she didn't like it. I don't know. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Obviously we I don't think she's been outspoken about No, she's not she's never really been much of a, a social media social media person or a uh, you know, she doesn't really for the better. Yeah, she doesn't really, you know, shoot on random podcasts or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I guess Thursday was the quiet one, and then Friday brought us a SmackDown uh-huh. like every SmackDown before it. Yeah, yeah, man. If, if we were expecting big change in the realm of SmackDown, nope, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. But let, let's let's get into probably what was the biggest. Thing and then Saturday. Was. Oh yes, because we're recording on Sunday, Saturday yeah. night. In uh, in in Mexico, yeah, we had a big title change as uh, Kenneth the Cleaner Omega, yeah, defeated Ray the King Phoenix uh, mm-hmm. for the AAA Mega Championships. So. Yes, indeed. Uh, Good Lord, you can watch that on Twitch at any time now. Is that the one that was from Josh Matthews' phone, or is that no, no, else? no, no? That was. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll knock that one out first because that's that's quick, easy, and hilarious. So. Uh, uh, Bound for Glory is tonight in Chicago okay. for, for the Impact fans, all three of you. <laughs> we hear you. Uh, you. You tell us how good Impact is. I want to watch. I do. I yes. want to watch my girl Jordan Grace yes. get after it and hurt people physically, but I just I, I just can't. It's yes. low on the priority list right now. So last night was a show that Impact did with, I forget the name of... Uh, the company, I think it was called like All Glory Wrestling or okay. something like that. Someone in Chicago, not House of Glory. No, okay. no, it was it was a, it was a local Chicago Fed, and and there was a bit of a controversy because they announced uh, Kylie Ray was going to uh, be on the show, and Impact promoted it like, oh, we got Kylie Ray. And it's like, uh, not so much, not so much. Anyway, so they were streaming that on Twitch against the AAA show, okay, um, and uh, the internet at the live venue was poor yes so they started streaming on a random member of impact staff's phones including josh matthew's phone right who (laughs) there's a clip going around a line of this it's great he yelled at whoever was running the twitch stream from his phone by the way quote unquote running a twitch stream from your phone is literally just holding the phone holding the phone yeah logging Uh, into twitch hit go live and boom that's it like like as if you are just sharing your video camera because that's what you're doing yes um so yeah uh josh matthews uh apparently like a 16 year old girl cannot go more than 10 minutes without his phone as he starts yelling about how badly he needs his phone and he needs to get it back immediately man and that's that's yeah yeah during the during the live show it was a cavalcade of of errors yeah because um just you know the the switching of different phones throughout the show apparently the crowd response to everything was really tepid okay uh one of the things they announced during the show is they're going to do a throwback quote-unquote tna show during mania weekend why would you want to do that i don't know but like three people in the live audience apparently popped for it who is longing for the golden age of tna 
I, I have no idea. Distance yourself from that shit as much as possible. I don't know. But hey, if it means Petey Williams is going to be in the main event doing Canadian Destroyers like I mean, no tomorrow. Well, who could they? Everybody's in WWE now. Uh, <laughs> who can they get? I didn't say it was smart. I'm just telling you it's what I they want to do. I mean, Sting, WWE Legends contract, yeah. Angle, Hall. Uh, Nash, Jarrett, Jarrett, yeah, Sanjay Dutt, Abyss, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, Abyss. They're yeah, uh, the Hardys, AJ, yeah. Really, you just got to be like, Joe. you just got to be like, okay, it's gonna be Chris Sabin, <laughs> Petey <laughs> Williams, uh, Jimmy Rave, Lance Archer. Uh, like, it's gonna be all Man. like. You know, uh, curtain jerkers. Like, I think that's all you can really get from like the 2005 yeah. prime all, TNA all the, era. Yeah, Booker T. Everybody, main event mafia. Everybody is yeah, is, is not gone. not reachable right now. I mean, you know, you got Daniels and Kazarian and AEW, so yeah. they're not going to make it uh, unless they want to do it. But I can't see them wanting to do it because yeah. I mean, I would assume because AEW's been very clear that they aren't going to do anything many a weekend, or at least that's what they said last year. Sure. Not to not to wink, wink. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Uh, I mean, everyone can still work indie shows. Uh, I mean, they just announced a bunch of indie guys. I thought that was just until TV started. Um, I think some guys could still work indie shows because they announced a bunch of guys for that's right for MCW. For MCW, they're doing a show Thursday night before Starcast and Full Gear. Yeah, yeah. Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy, and the Best Friends. Yeah, yeah, uh, all coming out. Surprise! No Jungle Boy or Marco stunt with that, but you know, know. it it is what it is. Um, Anyway, yeah, it was just a cavalcade of of errors, including my personal favorite. Uh, There was a point where during Kylie Ray's entrance. Uh, they were supposed to throw up the Titantron, and instead they got an error message for whatever <laughs> media player they were using, and it just said, you know, something, something, Kylie Ray MP4 could not be rendered oh, due to, and it's just like, oh, Jesus. Boy. Oh, Jesus. Can't wait for the next Botchamania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew has uh, just just an absolute buffet of errors He's going to have to hire a alone. fucking staff at this point. Yeah. Because it's like, I know everybody sends him stuff, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he edits and does everything mm-hmm. by himself. Yes. So that's, I mean, with all these options now and all these oh, yeah. potential and places for botches. I, I uh, noticed his most recent episode was like an hour and 15 minutes long. Oh my like. God, was it? Yeah, I haven't <laughs> uh, haven't watched yet. It's, yeah. it's been a busy week for me. Yeah. Uh, but cycling back to... to the last time we spoke, uh, yeah. King of Pro Wrestling happened last uh, last Sunday, or I guess uh, Monday, Monday. Yeah, so in Japan. Um, so that happened. We had some, um, at least we had one title change. We yes. Had, we had the hurricane, or I'm sorry, the typhoon, typhoon. Uh, because we're in the Pacific here. The, uh, the typhoon that caused a couple people to miss their shows, one of which mm-hmm. being John Moxley. Yeah. Um, because of uh, travel things, he couldn't make it to the show. And per, I guess, New Japan statutes and rules, if you can't mm-hmm. make a scheduled title defense, you forfeit said title. Exactly. So um, Mox was stripped of the U.S. championship. He was supposed to fight Juice Robinson in a mm-hmm. street fight sort yes. of uh, no situation. DQ no DQ match. Yeah. So they reshuffled the card and deck. Um to give uh, Lance Archer the shot uh, uh, yeah. for the title against Juice in the street fight. So he was supposed to be in a six-man tag. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So he got shuffled to that. And the match uh, was fun, and uh, Archer comes out. A lot out. of plunder, Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Archer comes out as a new uh, IWGP U.S. champion. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, good for him. I mean, he's had a hell of a resurgence this year. Oh, yeah, from, uh, uh, from G1, G1 opening on. night, yeah. 
So uh, happy for him, and he entertained the hell out of us in those two Fighting Spirit on Lee shows that we very went to. Much so uh, so. I'm, very I'm, much, so. I'm very much okay with this. Yeah, uh, and uh, according to Uncle Dave, uh, it sounds like the direction he was talking about this on Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, the direction is actually going to be Archer Moxley at the Dome, which oh. I really want to see. Yeah, that that that's going to be fun because. You know, yeah. Archer, he's he's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, but Mox is just a nutbag. Yes. So he could take all that punishment and then dish yeah. it out just the same. A little bigger. He's a little bigger than Juice, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I like that match. I'm, I'm yeah. for that. Uh, the top two matches are, well, actually, the top three matches really worth discussing. Uh, the junior title match between Will Ospreay and ELP, which yeah. was fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because I read, you know, I, I go through a number of websites and, yeah. uh, and and read recaps and people's opinions on things just to see, to gauge where people's minds are. And um, on Uproxx uh, for With Spandex, the girl yeah. who does the New Japan yeah. um, recaps just tore the Osprey and ELP match really? apart. Because it was, and she went into grave detail about the whole thing. And it's, it's essentially... <clears throat> Essentially boils back to the Osprey Ricochet bit, where these guys are in there doing flippy doos and gymnastics and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and it's not not pro wrestling. It's not New Japan strong style pro wrestling, um, and none of the offense seemed like it really hurt until <laughs> really that, until say, the Hidden Blade. That, that Hidden Blade, <laughs> God, because I didn't get to watch the show until Monday afternoon. Yeah, so I saw all the gifts uh, Monday morning. Yeah. And you sent me that one, and I pretty much shit my pants yeah. the minute I saw that. Like, Will looked like he was going to legit murder ELP yeah. at Sumo Hall. I was I was scroll- I was was at the airport, because I was traveling to fucking Bama again. Yeah. Uh, and I was in the line for security. I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and I see that gif, and I'm like, oh, shit, out yeah. loud. And people, like, turn to look at me. I'm like, sorry, it's, it's a wrestling thing. <laughs> 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 Don't you, you want to see? It's bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... I guess it depends on what kind of pro wrestling you like. You and I yes. uh, uh, have similar pro mindsets. Yes, we are very pro flippy do. So I am with you in my uh, my recap and uh, review of that match in that it was probably five to ten minutes a little too long. Um, yeah. But really exciting, really they, fun. They went and out and they tried to do everything. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I recognize, like we just were saying, may not be for everybody, may right. not be something people are early into I think there was probably this chip on their shoulders respectively Osprey trying to become like next in the lineage of top guys yeah. ELP wanting that standout performance and this idea of like look there's a typhoon people are here people the crowd was weird all night yeah. uh, and I think a lot of it wasn't necessarily like the show was bad I think it was you know, fucking. Well, there was yeah, there was a big storm yeah, that came through. People's houses are flooded. Them. But like, yeah. yeah, I'll go see some wrestling. Why the fuck not? Right, right. It's like I'm just picturing, you know, and this is a very grave difference. But like, can you imagine going to a wrestling show like after 9/11 or whatever? Yeah. Like, your head's not into being a good fan. Right. Uh, we just saw Grandma float down the fucking road. But yeah, uh, let's go see Willie O'Spray do some flippy doos. Right. So I think there was this <laughs> idea of like we're gonna try to do everything in our power to blow people away sure yeah and you can argue whether or not it was successful but i admire the gusto to do that um to that same point uh i really enjoyed evil and abushi quite a bit but the one thing that was a bummer was because of the order of matches 
let's be honest, they're not going to do a Bushi Sonata at the Dome. Right. I feel like that spoiled. The yeah, next that, match. that spoiled the next match. And in turn, for as much as I enjoyed Okada Sonata, it felt like it was one of the lesser matches they've had against each other because it was clear the crowd, which already was coming in with a certain handicap. Yeah was further deflated by just like, well, Okada's going to win. Right. So, so yeah. yeah I, I, mean... I I did love the finish, though, and, and you know, the, uh, like, Sonata, for as much as, like, we've mocked, like, Seth Rollins, like, s- being scared and crying about The Fiend. Right. The fact that I could sit here and be like, no, Sonata crying over losing this match was totally dope. It feels <sighs> hypocritical, but... It's how I feel. I, it's I thought a little it was, different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it's all about context. Yes, and and I, I thought that was really good. Um, I realized that we did not talk about the Liger Suzuki match, which has had kind of a mixed response online. And and as a number one Jushin Thunder Liger mark right over here, yeah, Christoph like a lot. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I thought it was a. I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I'm not sure it was a great match. Yeah. Um. It. I think part of what's holding it back is it wasn't what it was kind of built to be and mm-hmm. what we were kind of conditioned to expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with the Keishin Liger thing coming out, and then I guess we got Battle Liger. Yes. Um, which yeah. is which is we got MMA Liger yeah. basically. Yeah. And you know the the guys told a story 15 years in the making, you know, yeah. uh, alluding back to their MMA fight in Pancrase or or whatever it was back mm-hmm. in the day, and you know just. It's not. It it was it was good. I'm, I'm like fundamentally, it was you know in in a bubble, a, a great pro wrestling match. Yes. But for the story, the payoff didn't seem to be there for me. Um, I guess I I, I kind of wanted to see Liger get some comeuppance here on right. on, on Suzuki right. and Suzuki, you know, just was the tougher motherfucker essentially is what it mm-hmm. came down to. Mm-hmm. Um some of those oh god Suzuki, some of those some of those strikes are are just just tough to watch yeah. at times. Yeah, I I, it, I I certainly agree with the sentiment that they promoted one match and we got another. Yeah. Um on paper I would have thought like oh shit, like they're going to go full fucking death match. Like it's going to be a blood feud, you know. Yeah. Um, but instead, you know, they worked, especially at the top of the match, kind of like this weird work shoot style, yeah. which, again, calls back to the fact that they worked an MMA match, you know, years ago and, and all of that. Um, but I, I really love the storytelling at the end of Suzuki after everything, after, you know, being the meanest motherfucker in the room. Yeah. He respects the legend, right? And and I, I thought that was really cool and, and really well executed. Yeah, I mean the the post the post match was was a nice a nice touch. Yeah, um, you know even the the baddest motherfucker in the room, Minoru Suzuki, at least you know has some respect for right. for the guy. Um, and then I thought it would, you know, I thought it might continue until that happened. Um, and that's definitely seems like it wraps everything up in the bow. So, um, whomever, well, I guess they announced that at the dome, um, for Wrestle Kingdom, Liger is going to do like, uh, is, is it, is it tag matches? So there's a a, a series of matches. So, uh, on the first night on January 4th, he's part of an eight man tag. Okay. Gun to head cannot tell you everyone who's in it, but I know he's teaming with, uh, Tiger Mask, Sasuke, and someone else. Okay. Uh, and uh, El Samurai is going to be seconding them. And then on the other team, 
I know two of the people are Naoki Sano, who Liger's first major feud was with. Okay. And um, Shinjiro Otani, who now works zero one, but was like, you know, king shit of fuck mountain of the mid nineties uh, juniors. Love that phrase. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it, it's very much one of those like, here's one last hurrah. Sure. With whether it's guys who he's worked with through the years or guys who haven't been in the New Japan ring in yeah. years. So I, I, I think it's cool. On the fifth, uh, second night of the Tokyo Dome, he's has not said who, but he's going to have his final match against someone who he's never, never had yeah. a match with before, and he's saying it, it's going to be him going all out, a major dream match one last time. My gut says Osprey, because they've never worked each other. Really? Not even in a tag? No. They they teased it last year, or or maybe it was two years ago. They teased it at one of the um, San Jose shows. Okay, but they never actually did it, from what huh. I recall. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I don't think they've worked together before. That would that would be a hell of a match, it's kind of a passing yes. of the torch sort of thing. The other thought process, because I'm just going to jam this guy's return down our throats, is Hiromu. Oh, man. Because I know that definitely hasn't happened before, and Liger has pointed to the um, to, uh, the 2018 Super Juniors as the moment he went, I can't do this anymore. Right. Not out of, uh, you know, I can't hang. It's just the the level, the standard is so high and so different. And, and 2018 was Hiromo's year. year. So that would be amazing. But uh, the uh, – the, it's okay. The, the – um, uh, retirement uh, itself will happen on the sixth during during New Year's Dash, which I think is at Sumo Hall as well. Right. So, um, you know, it, it it's going to be a big three days for Liger, uh, and uh, you know, for the fanboys like us, it's going to be three emotional days and uh, three hundred dollars for the uh, jacket that they're selling <laughs> in New yes. Japan World as well, which I really fucking want, but I'm in no way no. dropping three hundred dollars on. No, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, Liger. <laughs> I did buy that Keishan Liger shirt that you sent me. Though. Yes, that <laughs> Keishan Liger shirt. Freaking <laughs> I'm waiting for that to be printed and mailed to me, but I'm uh, very excited for that one. Yes. Um, but yeah, the... Um, oh shit, I was going to say something else about New Japan, and then I fucking blanked on it. Oh, so I was... I don't know if you saw this on Friday. I was having a, a Twitter conversation with my buddy Rob about, mm-hmm. um, you know, who comes out of Wrestle Kingdom as... As, what seems to be double champ. Yes. They keep talking about this double champ thing that, yeah. you know, they don't like to do things that don't get paid off eventually. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. somebody yeah. is going to walk out of there as double champ. Who that is, it could be a number of people right now. Obviously, yeah. Okada. Uh, Okada and Ibushi are probably one and one A in terms mm-hmm. of who that being. Naito has a really strong claim to it. Naito, I, I think, pays off the most storytelling. Yeah. When, when you think about uh, Gato's booking, it's all about long-term storytelling. Yeah. The the idea of this guy who was supposed to be the top guy, it didn't pay off. He turned heel because of it. He built you know Lij around yeah. him. Um, he thought he had his moment at the Dome two years ago. He lost because he reverted back to Stardust Naito yeah. and, and you know tried to get fancy again. Uh, and he's begrudgingly earned respect for the titles over this past year. Right. I feel like it would make sense for him to proudly be both IC and IWGP champion. Um, but, you know, like you said, 
Abushi or, or Okada makes the most of that just because Okada is, you know, king god of professional wrestling right, right. now. And Abushi, the beautiful idiot that he is, was the first one to be like, hey, we should do this. But but uh, where where's your gut leaning? Well, there's also Jay White. Who's, yeah, that's who's true. Who's in the running as well. Um, I, I think he's a, an outlier mm-hmm. in that. But, you know, Gato clearly very strong and high on Jay White. Yeah. Uh, as has been proven over the past year or so. And, and, I, and rightfully so. Yeah, I would say all, credit where credit is due. You can talk about how when Jay White debuted against Tanahashi at the Dome, it didn't really fire. Right. Just full 180. Like, he is the most hated heel in professional wrestling today. Like, not like a, a Baron Corbin, oh, God, get this guy off my TV. Right. Just like, I fucking hate this guy. Yeah. Like, that's that's Jay White, and it's <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it, it, it is. But I, I, th- I think Naito does probably make the most sense, but I feel like it's going to be Ibushi because, you know, Ibushi was one of the guys that they had been trying to sign full-time for a while. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. <clears throat> and then once our beautiful idiot finally did, yes. it, it, it seemed like, okay. And then he said that, you know, e- even himself, um, he said that he didn't, you know, he sees an end point in his future, yeah. and he wants to end it in New Japan. So I feel yeah. like, you know, becoming uh, the IWGP heavyweight champion is, is the first step towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, and if anybody is... I don't, I don't know. I was going to say if anybody could unseat Okada, it would be him. But then Naito's right there as well. So, yeah. you know, it, obviously there's still a couple months of, of wrestling to happen between mm-hmm. now and then. Mm-hmm. As I stand right now, uh, I'm, I'm in October, I'll say Ibushi, but that yeah. probably will change five times throughout here and yeah. uh, the first of uh, uh, January. My, my gut says Naito because I also think there is a more limited um, – time where you can do this with Nido. Sure. Right? Nido's looking rough. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's been t-shirt Nido more and more lately. And uh he I mean, he's not Tanahashi level where you watch him work and you're like, "Oh no, yeah. buddy." <laughs> uh, but he's getting there. And uh I I feel like there is but a certain time and and you know, credit where credit is due, the LIJ uh project as a whole has gotten so many other people beyond Nido over. I mean, Sonata and Evil are ready to become main, main eventers, eventers at, yeah. at any given time. Shingo's on his way as well. Exactly. Love me uh, some Shingo. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's my fucking dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was a lot of New Japan talk. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. Yes, let's, let's get to what was the big story this week, which was the end of the WWE draft. And uh, after uh, a lot of hula-baloo, after a lot of uh, hype and excitement... Hula-balooza? Uh, <laughs> what a... Never seems like smiling politely. <laughs> what what a just I don't I can't even say shit show. Just dramatic Dull thud. Dramatic disappointment. Doll thud. Uh, just you you've ended up with essentially the pre wild card rosters on yeah. both shows. Yeah, there was nothing really shocking. Yes, aside from. The order in which some people got picked, and like Jinder Mahal being chosen before Ray fucking Mysterio. Yeah, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, uh, uh, and, and and some picks made no sense, like uh, Raw, even though they could have drafted Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross together, they drafted them separately to trade them away together. Yeah, just yeah. why? Not nothing. Uh, nothing really made sense. Uh, no. They definitely. Uh, the women's division on Raw is definitely way more overpowered than it is on SmackDown. But it on, on both sides, it's so weak. Like there, 
there's like four women on each side. Like, uh, I, I realize I haven't forwarded you this week, Observer. Yeah. But Uncle Dave does a breakdown of like okay. the tiers of the roster. Oh, okay. And it's sad. Like, <laughs> reading it spelled out, you know, top men's faces, top men's heels, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is, it is sad to see it broken down like that, just how little star power is had on either show. Like and it, that's their fault. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just it's a mess. Now I will say the the thing that is interesting to me coming out of the draft is how much of Raw is clearly built under the idea of here's a bunch of young guys that Paul Heyman wants to make important. Yes, Be- and that definitely has some uh, upside to it, and is exciting to see because you know eventually you'd hope that that would actually um, happen. Uh, let's see. So the first round of 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 Raw uh, mm-hmm. or on Raw rather was no shock to anybody. Raw took Seth, Charlotte, and Andrade, which actually was a bit of a shock, but yeah. good to see. Uh, and then SmackDown took Lesnar and the New Day, which are smart choices. I think New Day probably could have benefited from a change of scenery. They've been on SmackDown for a while, yeah. But also the Fox on SmackDown thing, New Day is 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 pretty over. I get it. Uh, round two. Raw took Kabuki Warriors, Rusev, and Alistair Black. Kind of shocking they took Rusev so high, uh, how they've been treating him, but that's yes. a whole other thing. And then... Uh, what do you mean how they've been treating him? They've been giving him a prime angle on television, Chris. True. Yeah. By, if they uh, didn't like him, they wouldn't put him on TV. Yeah. He's getting the okay. good shit. All right. I'm sorry. I, I take it back. Come on. SmackDown took uh, D-Bry and um, Bailey. So mm-hmm. Bailey was the one, two, three, fourth pick. Uh, so they took four picks to get a woman on uh, on SmackDown to get their women's to get champion. their women's champion. Yeah, Raw had plenty of time to scoop her up too. Yeah, uh, they took the Kabuki Warriors before they took Bailey, yep. which I probably would have too. Let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, by the way, that is your women's division on Raw right now, which is Sasha, Becky, the Kabuki Warriors. Yes, they also have like Lacey and Dana Brooke, but seriously, you have four women on Raw. Yeah, but they're a lot more talented than the cumulative. They are, but two of them are tag champions and one of them is the women's champion. I know, dude. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Just have them constantly trade the title back and forth? I don't know. Who the who the hell knows? Uh other notable sh- like shocks were Umberto Carrillo Umberto Carrillo uh yeah. getting picked by Raw in round 3. That's which, definitely a Heyman project. Oh, 100%. And I'm all for it cuz the guy yeah. is super talented, has a great look. Happy birthday to him today, by yeah, the way. Yeah, happy birthday to 24. Umberto. Jeez, fuck my life. Yeah. Uh best kept secret, uh, uh Buddy Murphy goes to Raw. Again, you can tell that that's a guy Heyman's high up on but, and rightfully so. But then the next pick for Raw was Jinder Mahal, so oh, yeah. Not, and then our truth. Uh, you know. Yeah, say uh, what's up. And what's then, up? you know, something that kind of stuck out was you had Viking Raiders against uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler yes. for the titles. Oh, guess. Hey, we got new champions. Cool. Next fucking pick <laughs> is Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode to SmackDown. Yeah. Like, at least separate it a little bit, you dumb fucks. Yeah. Yeah, but that would require foresight and logic, which is something yeah, that they don't have. I know. Uh, King Corbin goes to SmackDown. Great. Uh, (laughs) Also to SmackDown, The Miz, and now we're calling him Shorty Gable. Mm, That got changed. Oh, no. What is it? Uh, uh, What is it? Shorty G. Okay, fuck that. I'm not calling him That's his new name now. Chad Gable. Uh, Joey Samoe, Akira Tozawa, Shelty Benjamin, Rey Mysterio, Titus O'Neil, and Liv Morgan to Raw. Um, 
And again, just it, it reads like Heyman wants to do something with these guys. Yeah. Well, and really, I want to – the people that were undrafted and then got picked afterwards pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, because Luke Harper – and Cesaro yes. were both undrafted from the SmackDown night. Yeah. And fun story about Luke Harper, by the way. Okay. The only angles they had planned for him were through the pay per view. Fuck you guys. Yeah. They don't know what to do with him now. Fuck, fucking put him in there against Nakamura or some shit. Give him a singles push. Why? Why? So when's his contract up? I know they extended it a uh, while. I don't know. 2019. No, that's now. That's now, yeah. Yeah. 2025? Yeah, probably. Look, man, get your money or whatever. I know you're not happy, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, search your feelings. Uh, you know it to be, be true. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Cesaro as well. And I figured, you know, Cesaro may not have been chosen for SmackDown because they said, and here's the other thing, they said at some point that NXT could factor into this and people could be going back and to NXT. NXT was not factored in. Not a single fucking mention. All. I mean, obviously, Balor went back to, to NXT, but that mm-hmm. was prior to the draft. Cesaro yes. seemed and still seems to me to be a perfect fit to to go to NXT. Or and, NXT UK. Or, or, yeah, even even more so, a better fit yeah, for NXT let him, UK. Let him and Ono run roughshod as the kings of wrestling down there. Jesus Christ. Like, give me fucking Walter and Cesaro. Yeah. How is this not, like, on your yeah. rate? Like, just... You know, for what Tyler Bate accomplished with um, uh, Walter in the ring at mm-hmm. the last UK takeover was fantastic. You know, Tyler Bate is 22 or whatever, and yes. Cesaro has been doing it that long. Yes, uh, exactly. And, you know, is probably stronger pound for pound. Yeah. Uh, not to take anything away from Tyler Bate, who's no. a stud, but Cesaro is, you know, yeah, Cesaro is fucking king shit of fuck mountain. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a disappointment. And then, yeah, you, you know, you're no way Jose is who gives a shit about. Uh, I um, will say that AOP got signed to Raw. Again, not a shock because that's where all their promos have been playing. But that that okay. was a, a post-draft uh, Signing. You know what? Give me AOP and Viking Raiders as a fucking Hoss tag team yeah. thing, and and I'm for it. Uh, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce went to Raw as well, so they're they're on Raws. Oh, iconic! Uh, they are they are iconic on Raw. So, yeah. yeah, just the execution of the draft was just not great. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy the the war room stuff because I'm pretty sure they used pretty much the same. Celebratory graphics on Monday as they did on Friday. No, Chris, they stayed there all weekend. They didn't change clothes or shower. Yeah, so cool. Um, well done, guys. Good, good for uh, the, the, the foresight there. The thing that, and we talked about this last week. I hate beating the same drum again, but there was no weight to any of it. No, you know, yes, you had the celebrity bits. Cool, the celebrities put over wrestlers who haven't wrestled in twenty plus years. Right. So there's that. That was a shit show. Steph doing the announcements a la Roger Goodell. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But at no point did you get any response from anyone nope. who got drafted. You didn't see anyone get excited about being drafted. You didn't see anyone get mad about drafted. One of the things that gets that is stuck in my head to this day, and this is easily like 16 years on, is when um, Undertaker got drafted to SmackDown from Rick. Place Flair. exploded. Well, not just that the place exploded. They cut to the... Locker room yeah. and Taker is pissed about having to work for Ric Flair, so he stands up and throws a folding chair at one of the lockers <laughs> and walks out. Like it's great. It it added stakes to the moment, yeah. and instead it's just this sterile thing of like, 
here's these people going to the show and these people going to the show, most of whom are people that no one gives a shit about. And we're already on that show to begin with. Yes. But you just pretty much summed up WWE in a nutshell. Here's yeah. the sterile thing. Yeah. They, you know, uh, it's just, and the ratings have shown, you uh-huh. know, SmackDown got a big bump, 4 million for the yeah. for the debut night, yeah. Then it was down one million the following week. Uh-huh. Now and down we're at another like, half a million. Yeah, we're at this two point four this week, which is still more than what they were doing on basic cable. Obviously, more than they were doing on basic cable, not by much. Yeah, uh, I will say if you look at uh, some of the stuff that they used to have in there in in that time slot. Yeah, you look at other stuff in the summer, not so good. You look at when they had the fucking Tim Allen show. Tim Allen was apparently drawing 8 million viewers. Yeah, all MAGA chuds. Yeah, but still, <laughs> that was 8 million viewers versus 2.4. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, some of those were reruns, too. Yeah. Who were, I, you know, double and tripling what SmackDown and look, was doing. And I, look, I know I, I, I don't, I, I will say it on here. I don't know shit about Dick when it comes to ratings. I don't know how you pop a rating. I don't know how you're supposed to to get people engaged. I don't know what's good numbers, what's bad numbers. I just know that that is a lower number than what they had. And probably what they were expecting. Yes. So that's not good. So, of course, this week, someone's head had to go on the guillotine. Yep. And that head was Eric Bischoff. The 64-year-old man who apparently just turned his cell phone off to have dinner and wasn't available at a certain amount of time. I don't know if you know this, but... Eric Bischoff did the awful thing of when office hours were done, yeah. he left. Yeah. <laughs> he went out to dinner with his wife yeah. and could not be reached after 7 p.m. That seems like a pretty reasonable uh, for a full-time How job. dare he? <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon's a fucking maniac. This is widely <laughs> established. We know this. If he calls you at 3 a.m., you're expected to answer. To this day, I'm I have not figured out how there's these stories of of like the writing night. Like I think it's Wednesday night right now. Um, that the night for writing Raw and SmackDown for the following week goes till three a.m. The shows are exactly the same every week. <laughs> what take-, take? Yeah, what takes so long? <laughs> what? What are they doing? <laughs> you uh, could literally write a template, do fine room. You could write a fucking macro to write a fucking raw script in MS Office. Just like yeah. make Word, just output, just fill in the blank of what superstar, because God knows not to say what It's wrestler. a randomizer. Put a randomizer for the superstar. Superstar yes. A fights superstar B. Heel for... superstar comes yes. out, says you people. Like, yeah. it's the same goddamn, sorry. Heel superstar comes out, does a monotone promo while wearing a suit, saying you people. <laughs> or a new haircut and some eyeshadow. And says life sucks and then you die, which Vince McMahon says all the fucking time in yeah. promos. So now, now Pam's saying. And now, I, all right, I, I, I consider not sending that tweet the other night um, because I didn't want to sound misogynistic and, yeah. and all these sorts of things. Yeah. But that promo, Bailey looked twenty years older with it, the it, haircut and the makeup. She got golemed, man. She, <laughs> she got golemed. I don't like. I, and I'm a Bailey f- supporter and fan, yes. especially that ass. Um, which does make me sound misogynistic and an asshole. I, I well, get that. I'm self-aware. Well. But the fact that just, and I, again, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but she just looked miserable, miserable, older, and not wanting to be there. It's almost as if losing all hope in what you could have been 
takes a drain on you physically. No, I refuse to believe that. It, it, it's almost as if being in a toxic work environment adversely affects your health. Man, uh, from firsthand experience, I can vouch for that. Same year. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, uh, Christ, it's just, I, I don't know, I, I, there's no easy fix No. for, for, for well, Raw and SmackDown. Well, well I could uh, fix a major problem with a bullet and some free time. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> we here at the Rough House Podcast yeah, do not condone violence not against Vincent Kennedy McMahon or no, anybody within no, the uh, no. McMahon family. But or... that being said, it could be fixed very easily. With that. But we're not telling you to do it. If when's the XFL fire up? When is he? <laughs> when the fuck is he going away? They had their draft this week, coincidentally okay. enough. Oh. <laughs> their draft Dudes. was on Tuesday. Christ's sake, man. Okay. All right. That's just, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So it, they had to do that because he would have gotten confused otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. This is fucking 74 year old man. He yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, God. Okay. <laughs> oh, Christ, this guy. Okay. Uh, so I guess the other notable thing, instead of us just bitching about how terrible the shows are, is that Seth Rollins found the little pocket dimension in which the Firefly Funhouse exists. And uh, to quote a t shirt of his, he burnt it down. Now, did I misread the tweet sent by? Because that's where all storytelling happens now. Pretty in, much in pro wrestling, and all the credit in the world to Bray Wyatt. Did I misread the tweet from Bray Wyatt that the only way you can enter the Firefly Funhouse is by dying? That is how I interpreted it. Uh, like, uh, is is Seth Rollins dead? Uh, it's, <laughs> his character <laughs> essentially is at this point. Well, my interest in Seth Rollins at this point is well, uh, which <laughs> pains me to say because I fucking love Seth Rollins. I know, as a performer. I know. A number one Seth Rollins, Mark. How do you fucking ruin this? Uh, one by making him a babyface. He's a way better heel. Better face. Better shithead heel. Like I, I long for the days of his smarmy long promos as a shithead heel with J and J security mm-hmm. around him. Mm-hmm. Which at the time I was like, these are really long promos and say the same shit every week but now yes. i long for those days yes. so that just tells you how far we've fallen here yeah and he you know didn't try to expl- try to mansplain wwe stories to fans on twitter it was a he's, referee stoppage man he is not good at twitter no he's, he's not he is very not good you at know twitter. what we we joke all the time about things being sexually transmitted I, yeah Twitter skills are not one of Dude, them. If I was if I was Colby, I'd be like, "Hey, uh, what's her real name? Rachel? Uh, what? Be- Becky? Becky? I think it is Becky. Is it really Becky? I thought I it was think. like Rachel something. Uh, I don't know where don't Rachel's know. coming from. Anyway, hey Bex, uh, you wanna you wanna respond to these trolls for me? And like, that's what I would do. Yeah. If I if I were uh, if I were Sethy Poo at this point, but uh, yeah, isn't she Rebecca Quinn? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, it is Rebecca Quinn. You're right. Yeah, it, Re- yeah Rebecca Rachel. Uh, it was an R. <laughs> yeah, six to one half yeah. dozen. <laughs> I'm not that smart at remembering good things. Well, <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he sucks at social media. Uh, <laughs> I, is... I thought you were going to say, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, at well, at social media and uh, maybe one or two other things. Yes, um, but uh, you know, so. The draft happens, yes. and you're not supposed to have any crossover anymore, but uh-huh. they do the draft right before a co-branded Blood Money show, mm-hmm. which in turn is right before a co-branded One Night of the Year where yeah, we're on SmackDown, SmackDown Superstars, Superstars fight each other. So think about it this way. 
You have the draft with separate rosters where yes. things are supposed to really kick off and get into gear, but they yes. can't because of Crown Jewel. Yeah. Then they can't because of Survivor Series. Uh-huh. Then you're into December, which is kind of like on autopilot anyway. Yep, because then the you're holidays. on your way to the Rumble, and then which is also one of those few matches where Raw and SmackDown collide. Right. Well, I mean, I guess really all technically all pay-per-views. Well, I guess they don't fight each other. Yeah, but but the Rumble literally puts Raw and SmackDown correct. together in the same ring, and then when you win, you can choose which belt you want to go for. Right. So, you know, the draft happens the second week in October, and really you're not hitting, pardon the pun, full gear until the Royal Rumble. Yep. So that's three fucking months later. That's standard traditional, unfortunately, WWE booking. The fall doesn't mean shit. Why do the draft then, then? I guess the. I mean, I get the Fox I, thing. I mean, I guess. yeah, I, I think it really just boils down to the idea of they needed something for SmackDown and Raw to try to pop the ratings, and it didn't work, which is why they fired Bischoff this week. Right. Yeah. So, so there we are. Our rosters are set. I guess we'll see how it goes on Monday. And now, I don't know if you saw Chris the extra stipulation that was added to uh, The Fiend and Seth Rollins. Which makes no sense, because yes. the match can't stop for any reason. No, it cannot so be stopped the for match any reason. Never ends, yeah, exactly. And it goes on and on. One, one two, three, three, four, five. five. Oh, there's a kick out. Because <laughs> the match can't be stopped for any reason. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing, friends. Yeah. Watch an episode or two with Archer. Phrasing. Yeah. Uh, are we not doing phrasing anymore? Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's just I mean, I, I think I think there's probably someone who went, Well, the AEW guys did that lights out gimmick t- twice now. We'll do our version. How we describe it. Well, we can't call it lights out. And then standard WWE verbiage, use five words when you can use two. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Local yeah. medical facility and all uh-huh. that shit. Uh, it felt so good to watch N- or not NXT, uh, AEW on Wednesday and hear that Christopher Daniels was taken to a local hospital. Yeah. I, I don't understand what the, you know, the, it's, a, it's a Vinceism. I, you know, it, it absolutely I, is. I get that, but I don't get why. Uh, just he's a, he's a fucking maniac. That is essentially is. what it comes down to. Yeah. I wonder if, like, I would like some studies to be done on the brain of Vince McMahon after yeah. he passes. Yeah. Uh, CTE for sure. Uh, yeah, dude took a shit ton of headshots from chairs back in the day. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would like, you know, a full... Because he's not... I don't feel like he's of this world. I feel like he could be an alien of some sort. No, I... I, I uh, and, and this hopefully doesn't fire up too many of our listeners. I think he's cut from the same cloth as Trump, where he is... In his mind, a self-made millionaire, right, or billionaire, um, he, depending on the day in the stocks. Yes, uh, <laughs> he, he's in his mind a self-made billionaire who forgets the fact that he had a father who, right, gave him a business. He does not have the respect of his fellow rich people because they recognize how much of it is not self-made. There is an intense dislike and disrespect to other rich people because yeah. of that split. So it just furthers this idea of I created everything, right. and in turn you have a, a sense of need and ownership over everything, but also everything you're doing is trying to prove to everyone else around you that you're the best. That's the whole reason why the XFL is coming back. Yeah. That he had this public failure, someone else wanted to buy the name, and he went, no, I'm going to do it right this time. Right. Because heaven forbid something that he put his blood, sweat, and tears get into 
be more successful under the eye of someone else. And millions of dollars. Yes. <laughs> but like that's, you know, the, you can see a lot of parallels, which explains also why they get along. Yeah. No, it's it's that's a it's a it's a, it's a very valid point you made right there, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it's it's just sad and frustrating to to see uh, affect so many elements of the things we enjoy in life, Chris. I know, very yeah, life itself. Um, yes, but and it's also crazy how within the same company, yes, you have Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. who are atrocious and a chore to watch and then you yeah. have NXT yeah which you know moved to a major network mm-hmm. has had some ratings issues yeah. um not doing super great at all in yeah. the ratings but in terms of putting out a quality product doubling the length of the show yeah I have enjoyed every episode of NXT so far it's it's a very good show the thing that I will have to say is and it's no disrespect to the talent that is working incredibly hard, and it's no disrespect to the creative that they're putting out there. Theirs is not a show that I feel the urge that I have to watch live. No. I, re- I really thought, because I sit down and I make an effort to watch Dynamite every Wednesday night, and I thought for sure, especially because uh, on Fios, literally TNT and USA are next to each other. Okay, I thought, oh, I'll be flipping back yeah. and forth. I haven't had the urge to change the channel once. Because it's just kind of like, oh, I can watch, I can watch NXT on the network. I can watch uh, it on the delay, and that's part of it. Is because yeah. Dynamite's a little tougher to watch post, yes, uh, post original airing than NXT is. So yeah. that definitely has uh, a part of it. But yeah, if I were sitting at home uh, on a Wednesday night and I had cable, I would ch- choose Dynamite as well, yeah. if only because of the ease to watch NXT once right. it's posted eventually. Right. Um, unfortunately, I'm not home on Wednesday nights because I, yeah. I do trivia. So I had and he, a fun little anecdote. So I had the bartender pop on Dynamite at yeah. the bar. And it was, you know, the TV that they popped it on was uh, right in front of one of my regular tables who I talk with all the time. And, yeah. you know, they always they, they get a kick out of seeing what kind of T-shirt I wear because I right. have like, you know, cat metal team. Theme t-shirts yeah. and a lot of wrestling t-shirts. So they always ask me about my t-shirts. Like, yes. you know, I had an Undisputed Era shirt on. Or who yeah. are those guys? Whatever. So those guys were sitting there under that TV. And they were, you know, they're not wrestling fans mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. They're older. They're probably uh, late 40s. Uh, so the, the prime NXT them. crowd based on ratings. <laughs> and they were like, okay, they, they, they in between answering questions, I saw their eyes keep going up there and checking yeah. it out. And I would, you know, I would go over and they, they'd ask questions. And I yeah. was like, oh, fuck yeah, somebody's interested. And I would just spout off, oh, this is Darby Allen. He used to be a pro skateboarder. And now he's a pro wrestler. Yeah, and he has yeah, a skateboard yeah. gimmick. And Chris Jericho, you've probably heard of him. He's been doing it for 30 years exactly. in New Japan and WWE exactly. and WCW. And now he's this, he's this pain maker gimmick. And he has a whole faction. You know, I'm just spouting off all this shit. Yeah. And they were kind of intrigued by what was going on. Right. And with this Wednesday, Dynamite, um, you know, the one that the internet exploded over. Yeah. So there was the tag team tournament match. The Lucha Brothers against the Jurassic Express was scheduled. Yeah. Prior, a couple hours, four or five hours before the show, it comes mm-hmm. out that Luchasaurus uh, tore or injured. Uh, not sure if it's a full tear. I haven't yeah. gotten Yeah, yeah. But anyway, his hamstring got injured and he was unable to compete that night. Right. So the third member of the Jurassic Express, little Marco Stunt, got subbed in. So it would be Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt against the Lucha Brothers. And on paper, I can say even I as a big AEW mark and a big Jurassic Express mark was like, ah, oh, this is... It's disappointing because... This is a disappointment, yeah. Because, you know, 
Luchasaurus is awesome. Yes. And he's bigger than, you know, uh, Marco and Jungle Boy combined. Yes. And, you know, is a viable threat to an evil pissed off ninja uh, skeleton. I wanted his, to see uh, I wanted to see him and Pentagon yeah. beat the fuck out of each other because one of the things I'm trying to remember if they ever did in Lucha or not. Uh, I don't yeah. I'm not sure they cross paths much. But it's like one of the things that's really interesting to me is Luchasaurus is a guy who has really good strikes. Yeah. And Penta is less of a flippy do guy. He's more of a striker type yeah. guy. So to see those guys go, you know, hard nosed, right. just go after each other, that sounded very intriguing and very appealing to me. Right. Then when I found out it was going to be Mark, I'm like, how the hell is this going to work? Credit, though, yes. to all four guys involved, they made it work and made it work very, very well. It was, it, from what I caught of it, because I haven't yeah. caught the full thing and I really want to, yeah. um, it was innovative and creative enough to suspend disbelief enough in, in, in yeah. my eyes. Oh, same. And, and, and I think the thing that's worth noting is, and, and I know some people might roll their eyes at this, but I, I think it's it's how it, it worked. Penta probably went, oh, I've worked minis before. Yes, 100%. And, and there is an art to putting over the offense of a mini. Yeah. It wasn't like Marco was getting in there and throwing strong style forearms no. and they did the fighting spirit moments or whatever. Right. It was all about ranas and dives and flips. Basically, that Ray Mysterio, you know, for us in the States, really underlined as this is how a small guy can work a bigger guy. Yes. None of it is about striking. It's about speed and surprise. Yeah. And that's what they did. Now, uh, Jungle Boy had great sequences with both. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see, actually, a Jungle Boy Phoenix match. At Hell yeah. Um, Phoenix, by the way, is a guy who um, I've grown to absolutely adore. He's so good. It, like, he is scary great. Like, yeah. just his... his uh, Agility. Agility is out of this world, yeah. and um, yeah, I, I adore his work. Yep. And the moment where they go, hey, Welcome. you know what? Let's split up the, the Lucha Bros, because I feel like it's going to happen at some point. And they've had amazing matches against each other as oh, well. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking Phoenix is a guy who, if they ever want to th throw in the mix of the AEW world title scene, yeah. like he'd be amazing. Not that Penta wouldn't be. Yeah, P Penta definitely has the more character, yes. image, uh, yes. sort of charisma uh mm -hmm. thing to them you yeah. know but together they're essentially the perfect tag team exactly um, exactly and you know they had the brother thing going on with them as well which, yes. which is always good um but you know, yeah the fact that uh you know the majority of marco's offense was him being tossed around by jungle boy yes jungle boy did the heavy lifting in that match yes. like legitimately yes uh, <laughs> shoot um if if my one complaint about that match is that marco kicked out of the penta driver which should not have happened. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I am fine with it. I yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, and obviously I know I'm biased to anybody who was in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Clearly that's goes on the record for years now. But, you know, it was it was, you know, for what they had to do on the fly to mm -hmm. adapt to. Mm -hmm. And all the credit in the world for Marco, who wasn't planning to go out there and do anything. And yeah. within a couple hours, they, they put together a match that was entertaining. And, you know, it was something that drew eyes to the screens, yes. which yes. is circling back to what I was saying. You know, they were like, who's this little kid in there? I'm like, oh, he's like 22 or whatever. And but that showed in the ratings. Guy. Yeah, uh, I you know I I don't mean to take away from anyone on the AEW show, but one of the few segments that gained 
viewers yeah. versus losing viewers. Again, this is me spouting analysis from someone who knows better than I. One of the few segments that gained viewers versus lost was that match. Yeah. So clearly there's an audience that went, holy shit, I want to see what this kid can do. Even yeah. though he is a grown man, he looks like well, a 12-year-old. He's a man. He's, yeah. a, he's of age. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a grown man. He's Fair. of age. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> But, but but yeah, yeah. It, it, it drew eyes to something, and I was more than happy to explain to my my teams who were playing trivia that night that what was going on and what happened and how it you know how yeah. everything came to be and who this little Mississippi mud twink was and stuff like that. <laughs> so you know it, it it's it's something that uh, I think AEW has to its um, benefit is a wide variety of characters, people of different sizes and mm-hmm. talents and specialties and stuff like that. Another thing to, to stay on AEW here that caught their attention was the Jericho Darby Allen um, mm-hmm. street fight, no DQ main yeah. event for the title. Jericho's first title defense, um, and he went out there. Darby Allen fucking made a star for himself. It was it was a night of star making yeah. because you know you had Marco stunt being made in front of an audience that had never seen him before. At the same time, uh, the top of the show, I feel like Scorpio Sky got made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he got subbed in because um, Daniels got dropped on his head. Yes, uh, by, by the Lucha Bros yeah. to build to their match next week on TV. Right, smart, making yes. me wanting to see a match yeah. next week. How about that? Let's yeah, I know, right? See how that works. Uh, but Scorpio Sky w- got super over with the live crowd, and in turn, super over with the TV crowd because he was this guy who got subbed in. He came out. He had one shoe on. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't t- dressed. He was in his street gear. Yeah, he threw he threw tape on his wrist yeah. and went, "Okay, I'm going to go do this Let's thing." Do this shit. And uh, he went the distance and, yeah. and, you know, the the impromptu SCU duo uh, beating the best friends, uh, although Scorpio Sky without shoes as he threw his one shoe left <laughs> to the crowd. Um, but it was if you just look over the course of the show, they made Scorpio Sky at the top of the show. They made Marco in the middle and then they made Darby at the end. Yeah. As he did his freaking crazy uh, arms taped up gimmick. And worked an entire match, or at least entire back half of a match, yeah. with his arms literally tied behind his back. And even you know those non wrestling fans there watching this, were like, wow, that's that's really impressive. And it yeah. is. I mean, they, they they could realize that that somebody you know with their arms taped behind their head to be able to climb to the top rope with no hands is yeah. just and and just do offense from it, yeah, it and do not the, dislocate a shoulder the or the tope suicida to the floor yeah. and and all these crazy Darby things Allen's is, is, Darby Allen is uh, insane yes uh, but to our credit it's for our entertainment so thank you uh, my friend yes and Jericho obviously knows what he's doing in situations yeah, the, like the, that so. the moment during the match where he just decided to briefly skateboard <laughs> was a 10. Jericho is just on the top of his fucking game right now. Yes. He's such a treat yeah. to watch. Uh, and really, you know, AEW was, the, he was the guy, you know? Yeah. He, he was the one that really made it like, okay, this is going to be something. I, I remember a, a lot of people, including us, we were hemming and hawing back and forth. Uh, is it right to put the belt on Jericho? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, also, uh, from that show, I wanted to talk about real quick the women's tag. Match? Uh, well, women's match. <laughs> yeah. Britt. Got uh, outshone for sure. Looked yeah. very lost in the first half. Definitely um, showed some weaknesses. Yeah, there. came together toward the end. Credit to Riho on that one is what I'm going to yeah. say. Um, Did you know she was a dentist though? Uh, Riho? No, no, no. <laughs> Brit, Brit, Brit oh Baker. no, shit! Really? She's a dentist. Oh, oh. Did you know she's dating Adam Cole? Baby. Yeah, yeah. Little known fact. How about that. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to talk about real quick the uh, Adam Page and Kenny oh, Omega against, against Pac and Mox. Pac and Mox Poxley? match. Yes. Poxley. Uh, yes. Um, Poxley on you. I loved that tag match because it made me think of all the like New Japan Road 2 tags. Yeah. Where it's just like, here's these guys throwing bombs, giving you hints of what you're going to see in their individual matches. Yeah. And again, it built to a match I want to see, which was not a match I went in thinking I'd see. Right. Which is... Uh, in the finish, basically, Mox and uh, Omega were going to get into it with weapons. Pac, he still wants his undefeated record. Yeah. So he doesn't want to lose via DQ, so he pulls a weapon away from Mox. Mox gives him the double bird, hits a paradigm shift. <laughs> that breaks that record for Pac. Yeah. So now they're uh, they're, they're going to have a one-on-one match this week on Dynamite. Yeah. No, that that's smart storytelling right there. Yeah. The, the fact that Pac is the only one who cares about his record at this point and yeah. the fact that he hasn't gotten a title shot with his record of, you know, everything is is, is smart and going on well there. Um, I will still say that Paige is g- incrementally getting there. He's still... He was showing a lot of stank on his strikes this week, which was good. Yeah, he was, but, you know, you look at the other three guys he was in that match with. Fair. And, you know, it's clear that he's not... Rising tide raises all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not yeah. of that level yet, but yeah. you know he's definitely showing um, dashes of of being. Yeah. The, the more they put him in matches like that, right. the better the it's going to be up. for everybody. Yeah. Which is the benefit of you know I'm, I have uh, I would imagine that's why New Japan does it too as yeah. well. Oh yeah, is you know you get the guys in there with you know the, the the younger people in there with the old vets and it'll it'll rub off on them. So you know uh, a solid. Uh, I don't think it was their best episode. No, uh, no, uh, no. Of that Dynamite. was still last week. But I mean, uh, we're we're going in. We know uh, three matches for this week, as we're yeah. going to get uh, Lucha Bros and SCU, yep. um, and we're going to get uh, oh, is it Lucha Bros and SCU, and then Private Part? Or no, or, I'm sorry, it's Private Party and Lucha Bros, and then SCU and Dark Order, I believe. So then, why did Lucha Bros attack SCU? Maybe that's your finals. I mean, that's a little, on little the on the nose. Spoily Maybe there. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't you know. know. But I think it's Private Party and Lucha Bros. I'm fairly confident on that. If, anyway, well, yeah, if, we're getting more tag matches, but we're also going to get Pac and Moxley, which should be fantastic. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they're going to save this for Full Gear. Uh, but since Jake Hager came out and ruined Darby Allen's chance of winning that yeah. uh, that match uh, with some interference, which I you know expected, yeah. with being that was pretty much why I was a street fight. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining a Darby Allen Jake Hager match at I, some point. I'm thinking that might be a Full Gear because yeah. you know you, you look at what they're building toward. You know, we got Cody Jericho. Obviously, yeah. really enjoyed the UFC countdown style promo they yeah. did during that show. Although, um, of course, the internet like. Oh, he's put, just putting himself over in these long, boring promos. A, it wasn't long. B, it was actually entertaining. It was so, very well produced. Uh, and again, WWE could be doing all of this. Yeah. Like, it's oh, yeah. not that hard. Hey, you have people who don't speak English. Cool. Do a sit down with them and subtitle <laughs> it. Just, just an FYI. Works on NXT. Can work on Raw. Um, it works on Raw with AOP. Well, yeah. See, there you go. Do, <laughs> Do that more. Do it with the Kabuki Warriors yeah. all the time. Um, no, I just want him to yell. I just want Asuka to yell at me in, in Japanese yeah. all day long. Yeah, her weird Osakian variant of God, Japanese. I Jesus love it Christ. so much. Um, Full on boner. But yeah, uh, Moxley and Omega. Uh, it sounds like we're going to get Pac Page again. Uh, they made uh, a challenge this week for Bucks and uh, Santana and Ortiz. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's just looking like a stacked card Stoked. coming yeah. to the chicken box. So. 
Hell God, yeah. That's only a few weeks away. It's like three weeks away. I know. Jesus yeah, Christ. I know. It's fucking bonkers. Oh, um, my God. But yeah, AEW, you know, strong. You know, they dipped in ratings as well. Yes. Not as much as NXT. Still a top five program for the night, which, you know, hey, good for them. Pretty man. good I'm, three I'm, weeks in for the guys. I'm, I'm sure TNT is doing backflips over this. Oh, for sure. You know, and it's a... Uh, I don't think TNT was expecting it to be two mil every week. No, you know, no, they, they were knew... expecting five hundred thousand. Right, so they're still exceeding expectations, and it's something that's going to build over time. You would yeah. imagine or hope. Yeah. Um, NXT lost a good chunk of viewers. They're still skewing really fucking old. Yeah. Um, but you know, to circle back to them real quick, they had a lot of matches yes <laughs> on their show yes and really good ones as well mm-hmm. and, um, and putting over talent you wouldn't expect damian priest going over uh pete, pete dunn, dunn was a shock yeah well i feel like you know they're high on that guy right right but i was still surprised because pete dunn kind of felt like kind of a protected guy for a while for a while well once he lost the title he just beca- kind of became an, uh, another guy Fair. uh and that's not to say he can't get rebuilt to oh, you know, yeah, win absolutely. another title at some point but, um, you know, we had the angle with uh, Roddy Strong taking out the Dream, Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Because uh, Dream was supposed to face him as a rematch for the North American title. Sounds so. like Dream's got a legit back injury that's, that's taking him out. Yeah. Definite bummer. But, uh, hey, we're going to get him versus Keith Lee and Dijakovic next week on NXT. Hell which, yeah. A lot of beef on that show. A lot, yeah, I feel. Uh, well, it's triple threat, so that yes. means that there's no disqualification. Yes. So I feel like Undisputed Era gets involved somehow, and Roddy retains. Well, we still haven't figured out who's going to be in War Games yet. Maybe this could be a, a path to get there. Okay, so all right, let's let's uh, let's. So like Undisputed Era against Keith Lee, Diamond Dij- uh, Donovan Dijakovic, Balor, could be Balor, Balor and um, Champa. And Champa. Maybe. That sounds awesome. Or maybe Matt Riddle in there. Um, yeah. Because then you get to throw back the uh, Riddle-Keith Lee team. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Limitless bro. What were they? What were they called? I, th- I think they were called something like that. I know. I know Keith Lee and um, Dijakovic as a duo were called the Monstars. <laughs> Legit. When when they would come uh, out in PWG, they'd wear the jerseys from uh, Space yeah. Jam. Yeah. And Xavier Woods smiles from thousands of <laughs> exactly. miles away. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, NXT was 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 a good show. Um, you had Io Shirai. Uh, mm-hmm. You know going over and being great Rhea Ripley coming out and then challenging mm-hmm. her um what else did we have you have that team kick stuff we were talking about last week it's getting hinted toward again uh, I think the promo with the two of them uh, uh with Dakota Kai and oh, uh, Tegan oh, Knox. oh yeah 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 uh, I th- I can't recall if that was on the show if that was on if that was like an internet promo but well, uh, uh what's her name the other one Tegan, Tegan Knox. Knox beat who did she beat Aaliyah was it Leah? I feel like Leah's no. I feel like Leah took the fall last week. It was somebody else. No, it was Tanyara. Tanyara. Oh, that's who it was. Tanyara. 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 Not Conti. She's just Tanyara now. Because uh, <laughs> already losing last names there. Yes. Um, yeah. That would. Uh, that that's fun. It hit the shiniest wizard there. So yes. that was good. It was like there were like seven matches. Yeah. On NXT. Like I'm. I'm having a. I only watched it Friday night, and I'm having a hard time remembering all of them. But they were all, you know, storyline wise. Yeah, uh, uh, Riddle and Bronson Reed was uh, mm-hmm. was really fun as well. Dude, Matt Riddle is fucking super uh, freaky strong. Yes, like yes, he is. Sure, he's you know tall and cut and athletic and everything. But you didn't expect, by the that way, kind of power. If, if you don't want to say fuck Matt Riddle enough, because you know he seems like a super awesome dude. Yeah, his tights leave a little of the imagination and tell us that 
life's I been good to him. I do want to fuck Matt Riddle, yes. Um, <laughs> he doesn't diet. What? That's him. God damn it. Well, he works out. But he doesn't diet. God damn it. He is that shredded. Well, I don't diet or work out, so it's clear why I'm such a lard ass. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. He's a handsome fellow. Yeah, he is. I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, what else? Is there anything else? Uh, I think that that's that's all the, the high-level stuff. Oh, yeah. Kenny Omega beat Phoenix. We said that yes, at the top of the, the show. Yes, we said at the top of the show. Uh, Smack- oh, SmackDown? Anything? Uh, no, SmackDown uh, felt like every SmackDown ever. Guess what? Uh, a heel had a sit down during Ms. TV, and oh. Oh, there yeah. was a random cavalcade of people who aren't going to win, and one person who obviously is going to win in a number one contenders match. It felt like every other SmackDown ever created. Hey, Nikki Cross gets a title shot, though. I love uh, me some Nikki Cross. I, I love me some Nikki, too, but it ain't like she's going to win. She's hiding some titties up there, too. Mm-hmm. She keeps them locked in most of the time. Just like Bailey. Bailey has a. Uh, uh, you wouldn't expect a uh, man of titty up there. <laughs> <laughs> Killian Dane expects some titty. Though. Oh, expect some titty. Man, that would, that's a low-key video I want to watch. <laughs> like, sure, you're... Uh, you're uh, the angles are all bad. All you get is Killian Dane's back. Look, look, hey, your Andrade's and your Charlotte's, yeah, I'm for Your um, Your Alistair Blacks and Zelina Vega's, hell to the yes. Yeah. But low-key video... I'm all in on is fucking Killian Dane and Nikki Cross just getting. <laughs> wait, I'm wait, like, wait. Are you saying Loki's in there too? He's just no, throwing no, no. shoot kicks in the middle of it? Not no. the size of the fighter, but the size of the fight that he brings. No, no, no. He's dressed up as Agent 47 in the, in the corner <laughs> just watching. Just <laughs> slowly <laughs> attaching a silencer to a pistol. <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L Capital D, N, 7, lowercase c, 3, lowercase r, lowercase f, u, v, q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Are you a member of a wrestling organization's creative team? Stumped on how to bring that storyline to an earth-shattering crescendo? That's where I come in. My name is Wallace Terwilliger Fogg Hattinson, and I created the Eh, Fuck It consultants to help you figure out how to keep your fans guessing and those stupid-ass bloggers and podcasters at bay. Don't know how to save Sting from the Four Horsemen? Eh, fuck it. Here's RoboCop. Do you have an awesome diva and a great love quadrangle but don't know where to take it next? Eh, fuck it. Make her general manager. Is your superstar feuding with a monster whose ex-girlfriend is dead? Eh, fuck it. Have your guy molest her corpse. Does your porn star wrestler have a feud with a Japanese stable? Eh, fuck it. We choppy choppy you pee pee. 
Eh, fuck it consultants are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to give you the idea that seemed too obvious, ridiculous, or just plain fucking stupid for you to come up with on your own. Do you have a comedic foreign wrestler who wants to be Miss WrestleMania? Eh, fuck it. Dress him up in drag and have him become Miss Goddamned WrestleMania. Did two of your biggest talents jump ship to a rival company? Eh, fuck it. Bring in two bloated quasi lookalikes to take their place. You have a relationship between a former Olympian black guy and an 80-year-old chick? Eh, fuck it. Have her give birth to a plastic fucking hand. A plastic fucking hand. Don't know who to reveal as the anonymous general manager of your flagship show? Eh, fuck it. Let the little Irish guy, who we already suggested to be the illegitimate son of the owner of your motherfucking organization, be revealed as a GM while hiding under the goddamn ring. I'm Wallace Terwilliger Foghattinson, and I formed Eh, Fuck It Consultants. We'll help you give zero fucks about your product, zero fucks about your fans, and zero fucks about your talent. Call now, one eight seven seven 877 ehfuckit Eh, fuck it.